All right, Brontes, we're talking about Chinese New Year, so there's going to be raves now? Well, no, because it's like, it's downtown Oakland, and so, like, downtown Oakland, like, my friend called me, and was like, yeah, there's going to be some raves in Chinatown tonight, we're going to hit up the da 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 blah, 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 and I'm, I am, ugh, I'm just waking up and getting into the mood myself, um, <laughs> so I'm like, I don't know, what am I going to do tonight? I'll be making my way downtown. <laughs> I saw her perform that live a few years ago. Like one of the best things ever. Oh my god, that sounds stressful as fuck. I feel like the second that fucking the that piano note hit, I would just be like, I'd be on the edge of my seat, like dun 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 dun. dun. I'd be like, oh shit. <laughs> no, we were all yeah. It was just that's a special one. Where it are doesn't. You? I'm at my place in New York. That is not specific enough. Oh, I'm um, 69th and Lex. I live now. I live on the Upper East Side. I just moved. I'm kind of ashamed of it. I lived in Tribeca for a while, but uh, I just moved uptown because I left my place when it was like the most fucked up market, you know? So um, I took advantage of the market when it was down, and then I got, you know, then I got messed up when uh, when I was leaving, and it was a terrible market. So you get both, you know. You said I, I am a. I don't mind that you said I am a white woman in America. My hair is in a side ponytail. I left the market <laughs> when it was not working for me. I jumped to another market. God damn it, we are going to get this going today. I don't have time. I am an artist. <laughs> That's what <funny. laughs> you know, a big ass sweater. That's what it is. Big as fuck. That's a big ass sweater, girl. <laughs> I like the oversized. It's comfy, you know. When I wear things, I have um, I have fucked up skin. So when I wear things big, it feels like more, you know. Uh, I don't know. It it doesn't it doesn't rub against my skin as much. So I like I like the free flow and stuff. You said my sweater is imported and textured. My hair is textured. My fucking tea is Middle Eastern. Oh my god, girl, you look really cute. It's a cute look right now. I'm like, I'm like, I'm sucking on this Jeter's vape. Like I went and yeah. got my this. I got a new roommate. Oh my god, she's so cute. She's like 23 and she works at the pot store up the street. That's how I like found my new roommate. I was just at the pot it's store. It's legal there, right? Oh my god, yes. It's I feel legal. like I should get that tattooed on me, but. Yeah, she was just like, yeah, I'm moving out of my place. And I was like, I have, like, this big kind of compound. And so I, like, I was like, I'm 40, and I live with three motherfucking people still. I live with three people still. And I love do it. Like but it the do, you, do you like having people around, or is it more just, like, it's it's cost-effective? Both. I get really lonely. I would be, I would be yeah. so lonely without my roommates. Like... Yeah. In my twenties, I thought it was just like you know, oh, I'm a broke artist. But like now, as I get older, I like don't want to be one of those people that lives alone. Yeah, I probably I feel like I would just like overdose or something, or like just be in a pile of fucking old fucking tax forms, dead. So I just I like people stirring around me, you know, because it keeps me um, it keeps me moving. But she's like 23, and she came home with this like strawberry Jeter's vape. 
and it's like this indica and it's like a vape and it's like it's so cute look at the vape i don't know if you can even see it you can't really see the videos off i'm not going to use the video so you can keep the video on i don't care yeah but it's like this it's like pink and gold and white and it's just like something that like a cute 23 year old girl that works at the pot store would give you and it's like (laughs) it tastes like strawberries and she's just like here you old ass faggot here's a jeter's fucking vape i know you're gonna fucking love this and i did she's, they come upstairs, in handy. she's upstairs sleeping now uh, what i guess what i'm meaning to say is i'm back home in oakland for the first time in a long time and i'm really yeah, loving yeah. my block right now i'm really loving my block where were you doing band practice i was down in la yeah, i was in la i was in la i was practicing in silver lake I was kicking it in Silver Lake. Cool. That's exciting that you're getting the band back together. That's another thing, too. And I'm just like, oh, damn, I'm really at that age where you get the band back together. Well, I don't know, whatever. You, you called it a reunion. You said it, so. No, but just like, I was like I'm literally 40. Like, it's like, <laughs> so it's like, it's real. Like, no, I said it. Yeah. Like, no, for sure. And I'm like, I'm like, yeah, I'm re- I mean, reuniting with the band. What, 20 years, right? I think Gravy Train hasn't played in like fifteen years. Yeah, that's a that's a re, that's a proper getting the band back together. That counts. <laughs> we was old. I'm thirty. We I'm right. I'm right behind you. And I talk to friends regularly about things that were fifteen years ago, and it's wild. You know, just being able to say, "Oh yeah, we did that fifteen years ago." Like. It's crazy. Well, it's weird when you there's a point in time with someone that kind of represents a child. Like if because it's like, you know, your friends that you break up with, like if that had been your baby's mama, that baby would have been 15 by now. It's a lot to think about. If you think of if you think about it that way, that's a probably a splintered way to think about it, but I don't know. No, I mean, I, I, I do think about that. Some, I think about what my life would have been because I had those moments, you know, back then. And it was like, if I did that, what my life would have been, you know, and that I would have been, you know, a, a high school dad right now. <laughs> I can tell by that potent fucking ponytail you got that you probably got hella bitches pregnant. So, <laughs> but and I, you know, <laughs> Oh, I can tell you like to eat pussy. You like some freaky shit. I can fucking I can look in your face. Tell. That's safer. That's safe. That's that's better than the alternative. It's giving. It's giving fertile. (laughs) Nothing. Nothing yet. Knock on knock on wood, but I do Wait, think but listen, yo, but seriously, okay, Sean, like we're getting old actually, and it's like ain't nobody gonna be there to wipe our ass. Can you actually I go I'm gonna have a bunch of kids? Yeah, can you give me one? Will you go have a baby with a black woman and let me raise it? That just would be so, my honor. <laughs> thank you. Good. Because I've just always like... had the kind of uh I've always had this idea of having like because I think that today, like there's no reason for the nuclear family to exist anymore. Yet, like I, it I never have, existed in the first place. Right. So it it makes no sense, you know, ever. But especially today, and I've always had this kind of, you know, idea of like, you know, I th- I think co-parenting is pretty beautiful. You know, like having something that you create, you co-create with someone, and like 
so maybe I have like my core, you know, my partner and I, we have a few kids and like they're, but we also have these other things that we do and that's beautiful too. And I think that that's a, that's a really beautiful idea. Can I say something really dark? <laughs> Please. Yeah. They overturned Roe versus Wade. So basically as our civic duty, we now have to go steal babies from the mall and fucking raise them right. Cause fucking like, you know, cause you know, they ain't gonna fucking, they ain't gonna do it. So Did now it's like the movie. I mean, we, we, we know each other through Jeremy Harris and uh, Jeremy gave best uh, grand jury award to 1001 at Sundance last week. And that's what it's about. What's 1001. It's uh, A.V. Rockwell's new film, and it's about a, a woman getting out of jail, living in Harlem in the 90s. And she I don't want to spoil it, but uh, there's a, there's a there's a spoiler in the end, but um, or like a twist. But uh, she finds she, she she takes her son out of uh, out of foster care, like off the street. Oh, God, they made losing Isaiah 2.0. Basically. <laughs> <laughs> They finally made losing Isaiah again. I, <laughs> I wondered when they was gonna reconfigure that fucking problematic shit. Good for them. Yeah, it, I mean, and Jeremy gave a really beautiful speech to uh, to present the award. He was the head of the jury, so it was cool. Can you imagine Jeremy speaking eloquently? Wow, I can't even. He was. <laughs> I wouldn't call it eloquent. It was emotional. It was. It was a moment. You know, he was like flapping. He was going like this. He was like crying. It was. It was beautiful. Okay, how about I was staring at a picture of fucking Jeremy today, right? And I was like, he's kind of giving the effect that you're giving right now. <laughs> and just like this fucking very textured hair, stoic, faraway pose. Just like Frederick Douglassing the oh. fuck out of that picture. Which you are doing right now in the <laughs> Zoom with all that goddamn hair miss thing, let me say. And why is Jeremy really actually one of the most beautiful men in the world oh he's like, tremendous yeah his jawline his poise like his yeah. everything i'll just be sitting there like i'll be like i'll be like jeremy oh my god hi look <laughs> at your fucking look at the sparkle on your everything like no he carries rooms in a way like he has a magnetism to him that is really rare his height you know his his outfits his whole i mean uh, the most important part is how brilliant he is you know the words that come out of his mouth are he he uses his he, he's he's smart and he's he gets his words out he, when he we were like sitting at dinner a while ago and just when he talks you know the 10 people sitting around him are all rapt attention and not a lot of, i can't do that you know i don't have the same composure as him he's a beautiful beautiful he's a beautiful man in in all ways <laughs> Sometimes I do like there's a like there's this glow to him that like I just I just can't achieve in this lifetime. It's like <laughs> Jeremy is like it's, it's like such a glow. I love it. Me personally, I feel like my personal energy is so like demonically niggerish, chaotic bottom. Like you can tell that I'm gonna suck you into the void and you're never ever gonna see the light ever again. <laughs> like that's the vibe I give. And it's so different from Jeremy's, but it's like I love being in a room with his. Like I'm like, that's how you do that. He's got his thing. But you've made, I mean, you've definitely made, you know, art and life out of whatever it is, you you know, your your version. But I mean, your your book is your book it speaks to people because i think it's such a character like you tell other people's stories through your lens in a way that no one else really could and that's that's beautiful 
it's it, no, it's like it's I definitely I definitely script the drama. You definitely yeah. I definitely have a theater degree for sure. Um, I just sold my sci-fi book. Congratulations, that's exciting. So, are you gonna? Are you gonna like? Are you gonna be the director? Are you gonna fucking? Are you gonna bring this thing to life? Do it. Let's make it. Yeah, that would be fun. You Can haven't we... even asked about it. Tell me about it. Okay. So, <laughs> I don't know what you're allowed to say, so I don't want to. Uh, I didn't want to on the air be like, "Can you tell me about it?" and then have you say, "Oh no, it's it's a secret." But please tell me. Okay. So it's like. Um, set in rural Alabama in the 70s and it's about a family of black psychics at war with each other okay and it's called the crystal stare love it screenplay or book are those are those is that a real question come on both book. okay oh both did you write the script yet yeah I want to read it no, it I didn't. Like the I mean, better. It's like, well, it's like people ask you that, but I'm just like, I don't know. It's like it's whatever. It's a script if you want it to be a script. Go and read it the book. Sounds like the better script. Lovecraft country. We need like, we need like, yeah, we need a better Lovecraft country. Well, a better Lovecraft. I've like never even watched that. Like it's there like, come on. There's we there's 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 boundless. There's endless imagination within the current black psyche. We are in Black History Month. Fucking don't recite the 10 black things you know. Go research the 10 black things you don't know. That's what I'm urging everyone to do. Who's the who's the central character? Um, this boy. This boy who's inheriting the gift. Okay. Is he you, or or are you projecting, you know, someone else? Isn't he all of us? Okay. It's sometimes, you know, sometimes when people write, they uh, they just, you know, they write it as, you know, they just project their own personal experience, or sometimes they are, you know, trying to live a character through the 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 you know the practice of writing. Well, I mean. Despite my best knowledge, or despite my better judgment, I think I tend to write as a universalist. Okay. Who else? No matter who do you think? No matter who. Wait, say it again. No, go ahead. Go ahead. No matter who is. No matter who's in the lead. Race, body type, gender, blah blah blah, whatever. You are to understand that this person represents the everyman, the human condition, the ob- the the eternal gaze, the object we're all fighting, or whatever. Um, so it's an interesting for any viewer. My- it's not like uh, I think a lot of you know you said about like black cinema and you know picking the black thing that you know of, but find the black thing that you don't know of. I think that what's been um, really challenging for a lot of like traditional, I don't know, like white people, honestly, you know, just white people who are used to stories being told a certain way is that they, they watch like the black movie and they see it as 
not being universal. They see it as a story that they don't know how to read. You know, they don't know how to watch. And because it's not meant for them, like that's kind of what a lot of people comment back about some of these works, I think, is that like, oh yeah, I get it. That's for other people, you know? But emphasizing that these are universal experiences and that there's blackness involved is is kind of um I think it I think it can create connections that that don't currently that that in in our arts and culture that we miss a lot. I don't I think anyone, I think anyone, especially like in America, right? Like the first movie I ever saw in theaters the first movie I ever saw was The Color Purple, literally. Oh, wow. I remember being four years old and like sitting in my mom's lap in the theater. I remember when Celie was spitting in her father-in-law's cup and handed it to him. I remember that's one of the most vivid, one of my vivid first memories, like her spitting in his cup to say, fuck you, right? Yeah. But I was thinking about how in order for like representation to actually be real, when we're asking the question of like what is representation, everybody in the world is supposed to look at Seeley and see the story of Sisyphus, right? Okay. Like that's essentially what's supposed to be happening. Yeah. Yes, like this black girl in this particular moment in time, but in as a human, here is a person going under immense immense disadvantages and setbacks and every fucking every fucking thing thrown to them to just reach their end goal who could not look at that movie you could look that's what i'm always getting at with representation this is what always splits my hair who the fuck looks at that movie and says oh this is a black girl i'm not allowed to connect with this or i don't understand or at the same time who doesn't deeply empathize with that? Like, yeah. I feel like most of the most of the people who've ever commented on my work been like, I get it, are like white women in their 40s yeah. who are subculture, who are subculturist. That's subculturist? Cool. Counterculturalist. Counterculturalist. Because yeah. it's like if you write a book about how men ain't Subculture shit. is Dick uh Dick, what's his name? Dick Edweeds or whatever, right? Yeah. You ever read that? Yeah. Because it's like, yeah, it's um, not being able to view a black person as a universal hero screams smacks of white supremacy, I think. Of course, of course. Whenever yeah. that's what, like, when I'm talking about, like, when Get Out came out and all these white people talked about how, like, it's not for them, kind of stuff like that. Like, I hear that, and I'm like, yo, you need to look, you know, you need to look inward. Like, you not don't realize how fucked up what you're saying is. And also, too, the fact that we're going to pretend that when, a, when it's just the room of white people, the other game that gets played, like, the second it's only, a, the second every black person in the room exits, it becomes, okay, who's the Jewish person? Okay, who's the Scandinavian? <laughs> who's, you know what I'm saying? Like, Well, okay, I mean, ne next step in this in this is obvious, like, you're talking about Color Purple, the director was a Jew. You know, it wasn't a, it wasn't a black director, it was a, it was a white Jewish guy. Well, I mean, yeah, told, like, no, for sure. But then also, like, in eighth grade, like, it was, like, I really honestly think a lot of my radicalization came from being, like, in eighth grade, and I was, the English teacher was the rabbi's wife, and she would oh, wow. give me banned books. Huh. Like, me, like, I was, like, just you? 
Yeah, she knew, like, she yeah. knew I was fucking gay. She knew I was gay, but also she knew I was the only writer. Uh, so it's like things like, because I look back and it's like, why was my first zine called Schlep? Like, why, like, I'm like in Alabama, right? Like, why oh, yeah. do we, why do I have oh, a Yiddish rabbi. word for like my, my zine in the 90s? And it was very like, I was like, it's very pinnacle of like that, you know, the trope of like, you know, the Jews handing the blacks communist literature <laughs> in the South, like the, the, the fear of America. <laughs> there was something, I'm trying to think what it was, but someone got in trouble this week, or I forget if it was which way, but like someone said that slavery couldn't be compared to the Holocaust. Like the Holocaust was much worse and like, it was like a Jew saying, how dare a black person claim slavery is as bad as the Holocaust. And like they, they got in trouble. I forget what it, exactly how the dialogue was, but I was like, yes, okay. yes, yes. Comparative suffering. Let's do it. Come on. <laughs> yes. Comparative suffering. <laughs> you know, what, what is fun is that we own that at least, you know, we're the only ones who can scale suffering on that level. You know, everyone else, it's like, Armenian genocide, nope, but not that big. Like, you know, we, we get the biggest, biggest, worst, you know. Child. <laughs> I mean, well, okay, first of all, it's America. We are all competing. I mean, it's, it is capitalism. <laughs> it's horrific. Comparative it's horrific. suffering is the fucking, it's, it's the, it's trending. It's so disgusting, um, but yes, it is. <laughs> but also, like, it's just, there's no gold medal to be had in the oppression no, Olympics, so, is there? No, it's so terrible. <laughs> <laughs> do you want the gold medal at the appropriate I, I want to suffer the least yeah i don't <laughs> i don't want sympathy i want to not suffer i don't yeah oh my god like girl <laughs> i guess it's you know then it goes back to sisyphus i saw like a meme like you know Sis is sisyphus uh you know you can just interpret it as like Sisyphus is the flex, you know, that's the strong. Are Something you gonna like marry it. me? Will you marry me and legitimize me in like the eyes of America? Like, I think if I just had a really handsome white man with a fucking <laughs> intricately woven sweater and a convinced, like, like you said, fuck a man bun, here's my side ponytail, <laughs> motherfucker. That shit is like poetically. I would never fuck right with there. a man bun. If anyone ever like man buns are are character flaws. Like, listen, I just I need you to take me to Vegas for like three hours and be like in front of the Lord. I recognize Brontes Purnell as being suitable of being a wife, as being <laughs> worthy of being a wife. We'll find. I you say too. this before God, we'll and I get a picture. A we can divorce an hour later. I just I need you to do that for me. All right, deal. Vegas oh, is man. dark. Though. No Vegas. I hate going to Vegas. What, what, you gonna love it today? What the fuck? Where else are we gonna go? Where are we gonna go? Last time I went to Vegas, like we we drove through it, and I just knew. I said it to to my partner. We were driving in, and it was like she had never been before. It was her first time, and I said, I was like, Are you sure you want to do this? We were just literally staying the night before we were flying out. We were in the desert, and. It was just such chaos. We had to change hotel rooms five times. Like we had a flood. We had like I hate that place so much. Just all chaos reigns there. Wait, the so flood, the locust, the what? What happened? Everything. It was the ten plagues. It was like 
one after another. We were up until 3 a.m. not by choice. It was terrible. Oh, that's what would actually happen if me and you went to Vegas to get married. Fucking like plagues. They maybe <laughs> the forces of the universe would be like, no, this 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 union is too powerful. We cannot <laughs> let it proceed. <laughs> well, so the context of us recording this comes from uh, we screened your film two weeks ago, I guess, in in uh, in New York, and it was awesome. It was just like uh, the reaction was incredible. I was so 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 happy with that room. They loved it. I finally no, it finally got the ball rolling because Naked Sword was like, I talked to them this week and I was like, okay, can I make the show? And it's crazy how much I have to sit there and defend my reality to be able just to make a like dislinear narrative. In what way? What do you have to defend? The fact that I'm like quote unquote smart enough to do it, that there'll even be an audience for it, that you know. I feel like for the last 10 years, I've been trying to make my version of Yvonne Rayner's a film about a woman who, okay. for like 10 years. And even in doing so, like people really fucking, they get up my ass about it. I have to have a 2,500 word for every millisecond of every choice I make to even do something like that. It is insane to me. I've sat in rooms in Hollywood. I've sat in rooms on Hollywood shows, millions of dollars, where people like paid millions of dollars for like this, essentially this fucking polished show that no one fucking watched. People paid hell of money for that shit. But yeah. I got a fucking shucking job for 80000 just to be able to tell a quote unquote experimental narrative. It is. The emotional IQ right now is fucked up, dog. Like, no, dude, I had like a like a tough morning. We woke up and I was like sad, honestly, about just the state of you know art in general because you know you and I don't know each other for a long time. But I come from like I was I was involved in trendy shit like for a long time, and I and I dipped. I just like decided a few years ago like. I'm going to do, I want to do art. I want to do the stuff that matters to me. And man, it's, it's hard. You know, it's really hard right now. It's, it's, it's like making a movie that is not derivative or, you know, some trending stupid topic. Like it's really hard to get people to come to give a shit, you know, and to get money for things. It's really hard. People stay you home. Know, the internet age really accelerated knowledge as it desecrated it completely yeah. fucking fucked it up um but i do keep hoping that some a couple of groovy cool things can happen at the fucking on hours of this century right absolutely i mean we can we can do anything you know it's just it's not uh it's not it's not constant but we can still do any of the work we we want to do i'm confident with that it's just the system is not there for is not built for it. You know, the system is not hungry for your fresh ideas, for your nonlinear narratives about characters that people are not used to seeing who are also universal. The system is not built for that, but I think it's exciting. So we got to just work harder. 
think that like this okay a hundred years ago you think about wait the thing's cutting out i don't know if it's me or you can you hear me now i'm hearing you better now? now but you're still like you're you're like uh coming in and out a little bit am i coming in and out right now you're good now you're good now Okay, so like a hundred years ago, think about the fact that there were like two creatives. I hate that word. There were two thinkers on the phone, like the like us now, somewhere in California, going over the combo that they were about to start putting dialogue in movies. <laughs> it's like Babylon. <laughs> think about the like, think about the fucking the the fucking the the tumult that caused when yeah. things went from silent movies to talkies and we take it like i sometimes give humankind i think a little too much credit because it's like when you think of how slow consciousness actually is like uh, just 100 years ago someone was making the decision to put dialogues with motion picture and it was the thing that completely split the system desecrated it right can you imagine? Yeah. And like right now, we're just like representation. How do we put yeah. black people and white people together on film? Yeah. Like it's like it's, it's a small, real question. Problems, yeah. That will be a real timestamp for hundreds of years. You know what I'm saying? Like, and it's like, but this existential weight. It's like, isn't it so exciting to live in a body and wrestle with this? Like. <laughs> <laughs> no it's definitely it, it's energizing it's tough but it's energizing yeah i mean i'm i'm very thankful that i feel empowered you know i feel able like mentally and like uh position you know i'm, I'm privileged in my position to be able to connect with I, th I think the people who are, you know, having the most exciting ideas in the world. And yeah, as you say, like, it's challenging, but it's also really, really exciting. It's these are these are tough questions, but it's fucking cool that this is what we're doing, you know, that we're asking these questions and we'll figure it out. What are you going to do with the rest of the day? Uh... I'm gonna record another, I'm recording with a filmmaker. She's coming over in a, in a few hours to do another, we're showing her film on Wednesday, Sophia. So we're gonna do that recording and then I'm gonna eat a dry aged steak for dinner at this new place later. You eat meat? I eat meat, yeah. We met at that vegan restaurant. So for some reason, I guess I have a reference for you being vegan, but that's not oh, true. Funny. No, that was Jeremy's call. Um, I'm 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 down for vegan food, but uh, no, I love I love I don't eat pork, but that's it. I eat everything else. I'm how like I'm, I'm I was vegan for a lot of years. Um, yeah, but yeah, I've I'm, never really properly done it. It's pretty groovy. I don't, babe, do you think I need to lose some weight? <laughs> you do whatever you want to do. No, I want to. I want to hear how you feel about my body. Actually, I need you to be honest with me. Don't tell me what I you think. think I want to hear. I I think your body's fine, but I I absolutely feel that 
you know, I, I love exercising and I love using my body to whatever the, I, I love being able to use it most. So when I exercise, when I get into like my peak, like fitness shape, I feel better. And I think I, I, I think better and I, I'm happier. And I, so, so anytime anyone says, should I get into shape? I, I would say yes. You know, if you think that there's better shape that you can get into, do it. I think it's awesome. It's worth it. It, it, it pays off every single time. But do you need to? No, do whatever the fuck you want. Enjoy yourself. If you're enjoying yourself, if you're writing effectively, if you're focused, do it. But if you think that, you know, being in better shape would make you feel better or would improve your focus and your, you know, your ability to write, then get into better shape. What I'm saying is, would you still love my body if I got a BBL? I don't and entire, another, what is, a, what a, is a BBL? I hear the term all the time, but I don't really know. You don't know what a BBL is? It's a Brazilian butt lift, right? Okay, there's this place in LA called Sculpt, and I've been like, re, like, like doing my research because it's spelled Sculpt with a Q. And from what I surmise on the page is there's like there's different um there's different um levels of it. They do the petite there's a petite BBL, XL BBL, and XXL BBL, and an XXXL BBL. So I think what I want is the petite BBL. And from what I surmise, I think that's where sixty six cc's of fat from your side boob and your midrib and throw it into the bottom of your butt and where and it just makes it like out stick out more. Yeah. And like part of me is just like I could like live that because it's like I got a fat ass. I ain't gonna lie. Like it's pretty I think the BBL was based off of my fucking body type. Like that <laughs> woman what was the, what was Venus of Hyden Todd's actual name? What was her actual name? Huh? Mm -hmm. Who whose name? The Venus of Hottentot. Wait, Venus of what? Are you fucking with me right now? Wait, say it again. Venus of high and tight? Hottentot. Okay, so... I don't even know what it okay, is. Back, no. Like in the 1800s, there was a woman named... Her name was Sarah something. Sarah, whatever. This black woman from West Africa who had like okay. a very large butt. Like okay. it's to suppose that the whole obsession with black women's bodies, um, black women's like posteriors, the Nicki Minaj, Jen oh, Jackson, the BBLs, all pertains to the Venus of Hottentot. Like she was a know. central figure, like pre-TV, pre-whatever. They had these black women's bones saved in a museum. And it was all about the fact that her ass was like she had a she was a black woman with a big ass. Was it, it like from, a Washi Orcourt? situation like was it malnutrition or she just had a big ass no like she was like i think her literal measurements were something probably around like where where what i am like she was so called the venus like you of, don't need it <laughs> venus of hodden venus of hodden hold on what how do let me find her name venus yeah. of hodden sarah bartman Sarah Bartman. Hot and Todd Venus. B-A-A-R-T-M-A-N. Do you see what I'm saying? Oh my god. This doesn't look healthy. 
Her wow. story is crazy. We don't have to get into it on the thing right now, but it's like it's a. I remember when I first moved to the Bay Area, I used I was I was a riot girl, and I was like my older riot girl sisters were going to like their master's programs for whatever art or whatever, and there was this Jewish girl named Cookie Tough. She was in this band called Subtonics. She went on to study Black women's performance history in the early part of the century. She did a whole dissertation on Sarah Bartman, Venus of Hodentide. And I remember her teaching me about her in my 20s. Cookie Wolner, she's a Black studies professor in Memphis, Tennessee. She's a really good friend of mine. I think her, I would love to take her program. There's, but there's she was always photos. talking about how Sarah Bartman, huh? There's real, there's photos of her. Oh my God. It's just, well, it's the idea of like, you know, like baby got back, everything, like the, the, the obsession with the black woman body, the voluptuousness of the black woman body, they say wow. is based off of her ghost. It echoes through our society as her ghost. Um, and I'm always, I am always wondering where my body sits in relation to that because when I talk about like me having chaotic bottom energy, there are incredible payoffs to having a fat ass, but I could tell you all about them. <laughs> Do you understand where this body has gotten my art career? <laughs> Bro. <Right. laughs> in terms of fetish objects, I'm highly prized. So then why would you want to change it? To be in control. Okay. It's <laughs> a good answer. Yeah. <laughs> Bruh. Ugh. That makes sense. I'm so glad you called me. My partner's a plastic surgeon, so she uh, she thinks a lot about this stuff, and we talk about you know different patients that she has, and you know why and what you know what they come in for and what and what their motivations are and how it changes their life. I'm like the only reason I am pro surgery. Is generally, I just think that it's something about having dominion over your body. Like, even a choice that you can no longer take back is still a very pertinent, that's the most pertinent thing about making that choice. Yours, the, yeah. most, the absolutism is just like, you're like, something that says, I am the one that controls this. You know, like, I love it. I think it's, I think it's poetic. Yeah. I mean, it's it's art. You're making your, you know, art with your body. When Nicki Minaj was like this perfectly designed architecture, I was like, <laughs> okay, Nikki, like that's actually the deepest fucking thing you've ever given us. And I hate that, but also it's genius. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're a fan of hers or what? Hell yeah, bird for life. Fuck all y'all. Fuck <laughs> you. I follow Nikki the grave. Fuck y'all. I wish that um, what's that? The one the the unreleased Kanye track that she did about nah. like body, body whatever or something. 
Keep That's it on release. Keep it on release. Just fine. We we can wait <laughs> this long. We can wait eternity now. It'll be all right. We forty now, girl. The barbs is forty. We getting ready to fucking go on out to fucking pasture. It'll be all right. She's forty years old. Huh? Is she forty years old? Hell yeah. I, me and her are the same age. Oh wow. I thought that she was younger. Okay. And like uh, talk and like in mentioning Sarah Bartman. Yeah. Venus a Hottentot, like, yo, Onika is someone who used that ghost to great effect. Oh yeah. To great yeah. effect. In fact, she probably was the one that reinvented the conversation on it. You know what I'm saying? I'm seeing, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm gonna read these articles. I'm seeing like, you know, Kim Kardashian and Beyonce and Nikki, like in the context of this. Oh no, it was all it was all hot and tied Venus fetish. It was yeah. all it was the cults of humanity. This is why I'm a pagan. This is why I practice witchcraft. This is why I, yo, did I tell you I'm going to Benin next month to get initiated? Tell me about it. I'm getting initiated into Vodun in Benin next month. What is that? I don't know about it. What does that all mean? Like, I mean, in America they call it voodoo, but okay. it's like it's called Vodun. You go to it's Haiti like, or what? No, Benin is in Africa. Okay. Wow. What part? Like Benin is the capital. It's like it's a country, and it's like I think it's it's like Benin. Okay. <laughs> I've I've been to East like Northeast Africa. Like, I'm like Google it. It's like Google it. <laughs> what is what is the initiation? What's the process? I don't know yet. I'm probably not supposed to talk about it, especially not with like some white person on a podcast. Okay. But anyway, we can't go over. It. Well, it's a lot of ancestor worship and shit, and like okay. um, you know, I practice ATR. I definitely practice ATR, but it's like it's so much chiller to them because like. And and in that particular part, because it's like you know, it's so weird. Like Africa, I don't, I don't, I feel very uncomfortable talking about this. It's not something I normally talk about, and just from the world like this. But it's like Africa is a very complicated place to me, especially as a super colonized, Americanized, sold, stolen, lost tribe, etc., etc., etc. Person trying to give a read. But at the end of the day, what I know is the places where france colonized africa and the place where the english colonized africa are very different that's one thing to be said yeah i'm going to the french part um and then i do something that's like you know i think there it's just like your birthright people just do the initiation and then they can be christian or muslim or whatever it's like not even a thing but we have no concept of it so it's like the Americans. Oh, so it's a more, it's a more standard thing. It's not so crazy over there. It's not. No, like it's like, statement. The fact that you, as an American, gotta pay money to the thing they fucking ripped you from for free, <laughs> like it's like so convoluted. <laughs> <laughs> We, we love Israel. I, I love I love Judaism and I love Israel. I love both. So. Listen, I, baby, I love I love you in your bag, baby. I love you. I love you in your bag. Okay, it's right. It's right. I have to go though. I feel like I want to like I have to pick up shirts. I have new shirts coming. 
Um, do you want me to mail you one? What size? I want one. I was about to say, yeah, I want one. I'll I'll rock it. Yeah. What size are you? Like big. I, I wear things, you know, oversized. So, so like, give me a two XL or an XL or something. Oh my god! Are you man? You're like the same height as I remember, right? Yeah, I'm. I'm like five eight. I'm short. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, can I take a picture? Yeah, go for it. Mm-hmm. Yes, then, I uh before you go, just wanted to say like that screening we did was so much fun. And you know, the film, whenever people get to see it, you know, outside of outside of these screenings, like it's wild, it's out there, it's expressive, it's nonlinear, it features very graphic imagery. And I was really worried about screening it. I was like, is the audience gonna, you know, I was excited to show it, but I, you know, I wasn't sure how the audience would respond. And they were, it was a riot. They were loving it. It was, I've, everyone said it was their highlight. It was, I'm so, it was so heartwarming, the response that your film got and being able to show it with you was just such a beautiful, beautiful thing. I was, I loved it so much. Oh, babe, I love you. <laughs> Enjoy the rest of the afternoon. Send okay, me a shirt and uh, go ahead. When do you come out here next? No idea. I haven't been to SS. I haven't been to San Francisco in a, or Oakland in a long time. Um, I'll be in LA, you know, here and there, but I haven't been to North for a while. Okay. Um. Tell me next time you're in LA. Also. Yeah. I need like help because it's like I want to do this next set of like shorts on Naked Sword, but I just don't know a plan of attack for them. All right, well, let's talk about it. I'd love to, I'd love to read the new the new you know book screenplay whatever, but um, happy to talk to you about getting the shorts out there because that's stuff that I'm real obviously like really engaged with right now. So would love to help. Okay. Cool. We'll talk All right. I love you. Bye. Love.